This is Geek News Central. My name is Todd Cochran, coming to you from the New Media Production Studio. The lead story tonight, there's a study out that says when employees don't have to commute, they work. Mercedes-Benz is the first to bring level three automated driving to the United States. Uber Eats is sharing what your delivery driver knows. And China's biggest search engine is set to launch a chat GBT rival in March. I want to welcome you to episode 1646 of the Geek News Central podcast for Monday, January 30th. This show is sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com and listeners just like you. Great deals from GoDaddy can be found at geeknewscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. You, yes, you can support this show today at geeknewscentral.com forward slash insider. We are lit and live. I want to welcome all the brand new listeners to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for checking the podcast out. Make sure you get over to geeknewscentral.com. And when you're on the website, please follow or subscribe to the podcast. You can always join our chat room. Our chat room is available at geeknews.chat. That's a Mastodon chat server. Apply for an account, and I will prove you if you leave a note that you listen to this show. You also can hook up on our Discord channel as well. Our Discord is available via the link in the show notes. If you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get those show notes delivered directly to your inbox immediately following the show. You can always contact me via geeknews at gmail.com or on Twitter at geeknews. You can follow me by searching for my name, Todd Cochran, on Facebook. All the partner shows are linked at geeknewscentral.com. That includes the new media show, The Gadget Professor with Don Bain, the GNC Week in Review with Kirk and Scott. Definitely check out those shows. Sign up and follow and subscribe to our partner shows as well. And of course, this show is the longest-running continuous podcast sponsored by GoDaddy. Again, the longest-running continuous sponsor of a podcast by our good friends at GoDaddy. And you can save large when you get over to geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. My promo codes are available to use. You can save 30% on new product purchases or grab a domain name for $4.99 if you're a brand new customer there or transferring one in. Of course, there's a $1.99 a month economy hosting for the first year with a free domain or $2.99 a month managed WordPress hosting for the first year, again, with a free domain. $1.99, $2.99. Economy hosting, managed WordPress hosting. First year at that price per month includes a free domain. Go get it, get her now. Of course, you can do a free trial of GoDaddy website builder, your choice of personal business to business plus plans. That's a one month free trial. I want to thank all of you that have used the GoDaddy promo code. It helps keep the lights on, keep the rent paid, insurance paid, everything else that we go and do here. Definitely get over to geeknesscentral.com forward slash GoDaddy. Grab a GoDaddy product today. Definitely want to thank GoDaddy for their long time sponsorship of the podcast. We definitely appreciate it. And thank you for your ongoing support. All right. Well, hey, everyone. How you doing? How's it been? How's things going? I'm back from Orlando. I left a day early because of uh, bad weather. And it was a good move because a lot of people were delayed. So I flew down to Orlando Tuesday. Got in pretty late Tuesday night. Uh, stayed at a uh, 
how should I say it? A inexpensive hotel the first night with no amenities. And it was definitely that bare bones. And then the second day we were at the Renaissance in, uh, at SeaWorld. So I spent three days there, uh, doing my thing, uh, speaking uh, several times on podcasting 2.0, uh, hobnobbing, uh, business cards, uh, doing business deals. And then Saturday, Saturday morning, very early, got uh, in the car, drove into Tampa, spent the day with uh, my grandkids, my daughter and uh, son-in-law. Had a great, great, great day in Tampa. They took me out to this Beijing-style Chinese restaurant. I had the hottest Chinese food I have ever, ever, ever had. It was unbelievably hot. I couldn't believe it. So, uh, I, I, it was like, where can I get some of that down here in Michigan or up here in Michigan? I, I don't think it exists, but it was, uh, it was great. And then, um, Sunday flew, uh, flew back and, uh, got in in the afternoon and, uh, basically got semi unpacked and just like basically face planted about uh, eight o'clock last night, and then this morning, full day of work. So we're here, uh, back in the studio, at least for a month, live. We're live and lit right now, podcasting 2.0. And uh, of course, if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, make sure you go over to newpodcastapps.com so that you can participate in the ability to boost this show while we're live. It's a great opportunity for you to... Uh, just like that, to send a, a donation uh, to the show, send a boost gram, basically, basically send a note. I do want to thank uh, Chad. It said boost and uh, anonymous who send uh, 25K when we were doing the PodFest live. And then Brian, Weather Brian for a great show. Um, and then another boost that came in that said love, love the Geekness Central podcast. So definitely. Uh, go out there and consider using a new podcast app at newpodcastapps.com to support the show. It's greatly appreciated. So when I saw this headline, study, when employees don't have to commute, they work. I was like, huh? A new report by National Bureau of Economic Research shows the majority of time saved by working from home and avoiding office commutes goes toward increased productivity. And I was hesitant to believe this, to be quite frank. And I'm reading through this. It says, on average, employees save 72 minutes in commutes time every day. So I believe that. When they're allowed to work from home rather than the office, according to a global survey of working arrangements, study performed by the National Bureau of Economic Research, on average, those who work from home devote 40% of their commute time savings to primary and secondary job tasks, 30% to leisure, and 11% to caregiving, and 40% to their job. Huh. So the United States, according to this, daily time savings when working from home is 55 42%. Yep. So let me look at uh, another country. Let's look at uh, Australia. Daily time savings when working from home in minutes is 78. 
43% of that is basically applied to their job. It doesn't get much higher than that across this study. And I was going to see if we can find a country that is, which one is the highest? 53 is Singapore. 53 is Taiwan. Japan's 32%. Their commute time is one of the longest, 100 minutes. So a very interesting survey. The data was collected from, from of about 19,000 to to 35,000 employees based on two survey periods took place in 15 countries in July and August. And then an overlapping set of 25 countries in January and February. Wow. Of 2022. So those that were surveyed were 20 to 59. Do you give some of your time back to your employee when you, I mean, to your employer when you don't commute, if the, if the start time is 8 a.m., and you normally would commute from 7.30 to 8. Do you give that commute time back? Do you get on the computer at 7.45 and start work? Or, you know, what What do you do? I, I This to me is just suspicious to me. It really, really is suspicious to me. But that's what the survey says. Mercedes-Benz is the first to bring level three automated driving to the U.S. The company's drive pilot system approved for use in Nevada but only it speeds up to 40 miles per hour. You can play Tetris while you're cruising down the highway, but make sure your face stays visible to the camera or the system disengages. So uh, Mercedes certified this technology meets Nevada's minimal risk condition requirement, the level three or higher fully autonomous vehicle to be able to stop if there's a malfunction in the system. Nevada law allows all automated levels to operate on public streets. Nevada does not issue a permit or license based on any autonomous vehicle level of automation. According to the drive, which got to test out the system at a closed course in Germany last year, the driver must keep their face visible to the vehicle's in-car camera at all times, but can also turn their head to talk to a passenger or play a game on the vehicle's infotainment screen. But when the driver reporter brought a camera up to his face to take a picture, the system disengaged. In other words, the system doesn't allow drivers to take a nap or ride in a vehicle in the back seat. In the past, people have abused the lax driver monitoring and other vehicles. Other than the drive, Pilot acts similar to many of the level two systems available in the United States. It accelerates and decelerates depending on traffic ahead. It can stay centered in the lane, performs automated lane changes, but again, it will only operate at speeds up to 40 miles per hour, and that's probably pretty good within city driving. Uber Eats is sharing what your delivery driver knows about you as the videos of angry drivers confronting customers go viral. So you can actually switch to a mode that shows you what the driver sees. So drivers cannot see how users rate them and do not have access to credit card data. The new feature comes as TikTok confrontations between drivers and customers are going viral. And uh, you can view as the delivery person. Uber said the future allows Uber Eats users toggle to a screen showing how the food courier views their order. Once the food delivery is completed, drivers don't have access to a customer's address, even though they just dropped it off. Nobody drivers don't also know how you've rated them because the company wants you to feel safe and confident when you rate them. 
because your feedback matters. So Uber Eats lets you see what the driver sees. And I guess they get a lot of requests for this information. China's biggest search engine is to launch a chat GBT rival in March. So Badu aims to introduce this AI service that gives users conversational results. Bloomberg has reported it would be based on the company's earning system, a large-scale machine learning model trained over several years that excels at natural language and understanding and generation. So uh, Google, meanwhile, likely sees the technology as a threat to its search business and plans to accelerate development of its own conversational AI technology. He reportedly declared a code red over ChatGBT and may be preparing to show off 20 or more AI products in a chatbot for its search engine at its I.O. conference in May. So we will see where this leads. Uh, I don't know if I'd be wanting to use the Chinese search engine myself, to be honest with you. Twitter has survived and made its first interest payment on Musk buyout debt. Apparently made a payment of about $300 million. This is an interest payment on the $12.5 billion debt that Elon Musk used to take the social media giant private this year. The company paid a group of seven banks. Represent from Morgan Stanley Musk did not immediately respond to request for comment. Again, this cost them about $300 million, but Musk has said that uh, he thinks he's got the company at about even money at this point. He has about a billion dollars in cash on its balance sheet. So uh, we'll see what happens here. And uh, there's a lot of news today about uh, what Twitter is planning to do. And uh, I think a lot of predictions of them uh, being a uh, equivalent of a WhatsApp where you can pay for stuff is, is probably pretty much in the cards at this point. Moving on, Chris, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Space.com, Star Trek Picard season three trailer offers an emotional farewell to the next generation. It's being stated by Scott Snowden that wrote the article. Will this be more than just a Star Trek Nemesis Part 2? It's going to be an entertaining 10-hour-long next-generation movie that that much is certain. The final full trailer dropped last night in a halftime commercial break during the AFC Championship game. The trailer revealed two new Season 3 cast members who will appear as series regulars who, according to Paramount, um will be on on a regular basis. So uh, anyway, I have not watched uh, Picard at all. I I don't even know how many seasons they've had, but uh, I guess, guess we'll see. Maybe it's time for me to start binge watching that. Google Doodle celebrates bubble tea with an interactive game. The, uh, the Google Doodle commemorates the popular Taiwanese beverage. I, I, contest i thought bubble tea actually originated in the philippines but maybe i'm guess i'm wrong but anyway uh I, I am not a bubble tea fan at all any of you like bubble tea and that stuff they put inside yeah i don't, I don't know and uh bubble tea was known as baba tea and it wasn't been into the 80s but its origins i guess can be traced back to taiwanese tea culture the bubba that we know and love today arrived in Hawaii of Taiwanese immigrants in the 20th century. They brought the drink with them, began to experiment with different flavors and combinations. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a big bubble tea fan at all. So uh, what's coming to Paramount Plus in 
February. Well, of course, the third and final scene of Star Trek. Uh, there's also going to be a whole list of different things that are coming uh, at min see here, at midnight is an original movie, uh, the 65th annual Grammy Awards, FBI True Premiere, lots of seasons of different things. So anyway, link will be up in the show notes for you to to check that out. Lisa Loring, the original Wednesday Adams, dies at 64. Loring, original television version of the Wednesday Adams, the braided daughter of a spooky family. And um, she was just six years old when she began playing Wednesday, a morbid little girl fascinated with death in the show based on spooky characters. Her pale skin and long, dark braids create an iconic image. The character Wednesday has been played by numerous actors in the years since, since Loring's show went off the air. Uh, dead again at RIP at the age of 64. A former Google executive is suing the company saying a co-worker sexually harassed and drunkenly berated him. So Ryan Olan says Google had failed to act on his complaints about a co-worker's sexual advances. The co-worker said Olan's complaint was a fictional account and full of falsehoods. So basically, he was the former Google manager, director of food, beverage, and restaurants, filed this complaint in November alleging sexual harassment, gender discrimination, race discrimination, retaliation. The suit names Tiffany Miller, Google's director of programmatic media, as a co-defendant. So a representative for Miller told Insider lawsuit was a fictional account of events filled with numerous falsehoods. So anyway, we'll see where this one goes. And uh, it's all in the eye of the beholder sometimes. Charter settles with family of murder victims, says insurance will cover it. Settlement under 262 million shouldn't cost Carter, Carter, Charter anything due to insurance. And uh, so I guess the insurance company, whatever, probably what they've said is we'll pay it up what our insurance has. And whatever the insurance covers is what will, they will be paid. Of course, we don't know. Um, so time will tell where this goes. But they deserve every penny they get. Because uh, the case involved a former cable technician who murdered an elderly customer in her home. And uh, Charter was once on the hook for over $7 billion in the case. But... Um, We'll see. A judge lowered the total amount to over $1.1 billion. So I guess now they're in a settlement. Um, they filed this for an SEC uh, filing. So on January 11, after a series of decreasing settlement demands over several months, the plaintiff issued a new lower settlement demand. And then on January 18, plaintiff also filed a notice to remit with the court to further reduce the judgment to 262 comprised of 87 million actual damages and 107 million punitive damages. So uh, on January 24th, upon the assistance of benefits insurers, they reached a tentative settlement of the lawsuit and amount substantially less than reduced judgment and within the insurance coverage. So uh, there you go. A foldable iPad could arrive as early as next year, claims a noted Apple analyst. 
Ming-Chi Ku says, I'm positive about the foldable iPad in 2024 and expect this new model will boost shipments and improve the product mix. He tweeted early Monday, Ku expects it to be joined by a revamped iPad mini due to enter the mass production in early 2024. Also, we have a Samsung's February Unpacked event. They're expecting three new phones. What's a Samsung Galaxy 28, 29, or 30, or something like that? A new phones plus as many as five new laptops could uh, could be forthcoming. So probably it's the S23, S23 Ultra, the S23 Plus, and probably the Tab S9 and so forth. So we'll see where they go with the numbers. But, uh, yeah, S23 is, I guess, the planned number that's going to be coming. So time will tell what they fully announce next month, uh, which is right around the corner, February 1st. Nothing Phone 2 to launch the United States later this year. Carl Pye says upcoming flagship will be more premium, excuse me, than the Phone 1. And the Phone 1 had some pretty good reviews. They go on to say that uh, the tidbits were, he says, the Earbuds 1 U.S. launch was a barometer for U.S. demand. We're really excited about the U.S. market because it's a big country. If you look at our earbud sales, about one-third come from the U.S., and, and by not launching our phone in the U.S., we're leaving potentially a third of the volume on the table. He describes a phone to U.S. launch as nothing's top priority this year. And uh, from a business point of view, Apple and Samsung shouldn't go very niche and try something completely different because they may might alienate current users. That's where smaller companies like, like us can come in and try to do something different. It's not that we're smarter or they can't, but it just doesn't make sense for them to do it. However, stagnation may play a big part and the biggest reasons for the nosedive in sales. Well, people are holding on to stuff because money's tight. So uh, the phone two launching in the United States, but the phone one obviously did not. TikTok CEO will testify before a congressional committee in March. Show Z Chu will discuss privacy, TikTok's impact on kids and apps links to China. So he will testify before the House Energy and Commerce Committee on March 23rd. He will discuss app privacy, data security measures, impact on kids and ties to China. This will be Chu's first appearance from a congressional panel. The committee said TikTok's Vanessa Pappas faced similar questions from lawmakers in September. Of course, ByteDance owns TikTok. And uh, the big, the big, big, big thing that everyone says <laughs> is that the reason Congress, the reason I think that Congress going after TikTok is because I think TikTok is just eating everybody's lunch and advertising dollars. And uh, the big lobbyists are out there trying to get TikTok, you know, continue to get TikTok smashed. And uh, I don't think it's going to happen. New York again is most letting people pay the state in crypto. A state legislator in New York has introduced a law that would make it legal for state agencies to accept payment in cryptocurrency for taxes, fines, or other financial obligations. The bill is brought in declaration simply saying each state agency has the right to enter it into its own agreements with individuals except crypto for fines, civil penalties, rents, rates, taxes, fees, charge, revenue. The bill also gives okay for state agency to pay fees necessary to add transactions to whatever blockchain they're stored on. 
The bill also allows payment via currencies, including about limited to Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. So uh, it also allows states that the option require that cryptocurrency pays pay a service fee to the state, including any fee owed by the state to the cryptocurrency issue arising from the transaction. In other words, be sure to pay those tax bills on days when the blockchain activity is slow. So we know that New York was the first state to ban Bitcoin mining in late 2022 when they enacted a two-year moratorium on new mining activities. So uh, the thing is, right now, it's getting easier to move Bitcoin. Let's say you, you get Bitcoin. It's being much faster. We can, you can transfer that money back into real dollars. Some uh, of the Satoshis that I've been basically holding in my, uh, in my node, in my wallet, uh, have basically went way up in value just because Bitcoin is back up again a little bit. So uh, it's been kind of cool holding on to it, not cashing it out. It's not up a lot, but you know, like 25%. So it's, it's pretty cool. Frontier rolls out five gigabit per second fiber internet internet across the United States. You now have more choices for multi gig services. Of course, if you have it available in your area, um, you know it's just like who actually has this available? Uh, is there a map where you can actually see where this five G uh, gigabit fiber internet is? it can't be that big of an area to be honest with you. So, uh, interesting move by their part, uh, for sure. And again, they say, Oh, lunch is the only network wide 5g fiber internet service. Well, okay. How many people is that going to support? They don't say it's going to cost $154. I'd be happy to pay for five gigabit from uh, frontier. If I could actually get it, but uh, not available in my area. SpaceX is going to do something cool. They're targeting a two-star link launch in 16 hours after a delay. So uh, SpaceX has delayed Starlink 2-6 from January 30th to 8.15 a.m. PST. Uh, January 31st, barring additional issues, a couple of lunch Starlink 2-6 and Starlink 5-3, as few as 16 hours apart. So they're targeting 8.15 a.m. Pacific. Launch for Starlink and deorbit ion. Okay, whatever the heck that is. Uh, so they're going to do two launches. Um, I guess they're doing a rideshare payload the following day. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it uh, could be as little as 16 hours in between. U.S. has won support from Japan and Netherlands to clip China's chip industry. The countries have agreed to further restrict what chip manufacturing equipment can be supplied to China. This move could cramp China's homegrown chip industry as there are few, there are few and other sources for sophisticated technologies required for modern semiconductor manufacturing. So a uh, very, very interesting move. Um, where exactly, at what level is this? Um, we've already banned exports of artificial intelligence hardware, such as graphical processing unit, tensor processing units, and other advanced application specific integrated circuits and the latest extreme ultraviolet lithography EUV equipment used to make them. 
The U.S. is now pursuing another Japan to join it, banning transfer of some slightly older, deep ultraviolet lithographic equipment. ASO makes this too, while Japan is home to DUV equipment makers such as Canon, Icon, Tokyo, Electron Limited, make the two countries key to U.S. plans to gnaw away at China's dominance in the broader microchip market. The three countries finally agreed to each on restrictions on some export on January 27th. And this is a definite escalation uh, of battle against, uh, battle against China here in the chip space. Nissan has announced a plan for used leaf batteries, a.k.a. powering buildings. So EV batteries can be recycled, but they can also be repurposed for energy storage. Nissan is partnering with Raylon, R-E-L-Y-O-N Energy, to ensure its used leaf batteries are put to good use. And uh, so they're going to work with this Bay Area startup to retire batteries from its leaf, EV, after all the batteries are chock full of valid materials. Uh, so I guess they're going to try to put these in in homes. The thing is, they they get worse at efficiency when they get older. So I guess there's a reason why this works good in houses. They say majority of these batteries are actually in a very good state of health that's left over once the car is retired, but they're just not suitable for cars anymore. Why would someone prematurely kill them rather than utilizing them for a very long time? These batteries can last 15 to 20 years in addition to, say, the 10 years they were in operation in a car. Makes a lot more sense to utilize them as long as possible. And at the end of the day, when they reach their true end of life, then recycle them. So, one car battery pack would be suitable for a couple of homes and not in just an event emergency. It could be used for backup power. It could be used for like public safety power shutoffs. They're unfortunately quite common in California. They can be used for daily use. So, we will see where they go with this. San Francisco's asked California regulators to halt or slow the rollout of driverless taxis. City officials want a series of limited deployments rather than carte blanche authorizations. So they sent a letter to the CPUC asking to slow or halt the expansion of Cruise and Waymo robot taxi services. San Francisco Transport Authorities wrote the unlimited expansion would be unreasonable in light of recent safety issues in which vehicles blocked traffic and interfered with emergency vehicles. So we'll see what this what happens here. Running into a little bit of headwinds. A tech CEO nixes an AI lawyer stunt after being threatened with jail time. Joseph Browder, CEO of Do Not Pay, made headlines for claiming an AI chatbot was due to defend a man in an upcoming court hearing. Earlier this month, he claimed he to convince a man to wear headphones during a court case and recite the output of an AI chatbot. But after receiving threats from state bar prosecutors that say they, likely they will put me in jail for six months if I follow through with bringing a robot lawyer into a physical courtroom, do not pay his po postponing our court case and sticking to consumer rights. Bowders offered $1 million to any lawyer willing to up the ante by trialing an AI model to argue a Supreme Court case. So uh, we will see what happens here. Of course, 
Google has built a uh, music making AI, but won't release it due to copyright. <laughs> so Elon Musk is pushing forward with Twitter payment vision. The company started applying for U.S. state licenses in a bid for fresh revenue beyond advertising. So he's designing the software required to introduce payments across a social media platform. Twitter started to map out architecture need to facilitate payments on the platform with a small team. The move allows payments through the site are critical part of his plan to open up fresh revenue streams. And uh, he said he wants Twitter to offer fintech services such as peer-to-peer -peer transactions, saving accounts and debit cards as part of a master plan to launch an everything app that incorporates messaging payments and commerce. Of course, in 1999, most co-founded X.com, one of the first online banks, which later became the payment giant PayPal. Twitter is also pushing forward regulatory checks needed before launching a payment service. In November, Twitter registered the U.S. Treasury as a payment processor. It has now begun to apply for some of the state licenses. So we'll see what happens here with this. But don't count Elon out. And AI-generated voice firm, listen to this, an AI-generated voice firm has clamped down after 4chan makes celebrity voices for abuse. 4chan members use 11 labs to make deep fake voices of Emma Watson and Joe Rogan and others saying racist, transphobic, and violent things. We knew this was going to happen. So they have uh, clamped down, whatever that means. They also created voices of Ben Shapiro. In one example, a generated voice that sounds like actor Emma Watson reads a section of Men Comp. In another voice, a very similar to Ben Shapiro, makes us racist marks about Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. And a third, someone saying trans rights or human rights is strangled. That was uh, in another, Rick Sanchez from the animated show Rick and Morty says, I'm going to beat my wife. So it just goes on and on. The clips run the gamut from harmless to violent to transphobic to homophobic to racist. One four channel post that included a widespread, uh, widespread of the clips also contained a link to the beta from 11 Labs, suggesting 11 Labs software may have been used to create the voices. This is the issue that I have with a lot of this stuff. You could be found guilty of doing something you didn't do because someone created your voice and made you say things that you would never say. Very, very, very scary. Well, short show today. I'm back in the saddle. But we had a short news lineup today. So I want to thank all of you for, for being here and, and, and staying subscribed to the show and continuing to follow the podcast, either be audio or video. I want to thank you for your ongoing support of the sponsor, GoDaddy. Those of you that are getting involved and in using a new podcast app at newpodcastapps.com, definitely check it out. And also, those of you that use Podcast Addict, they have in, implemented the live item tag. So that when I go live, you'll see that I go live. As long as you're subscribed to the show in Podcast Attic, you'll get a notification that the show is live. 
So uh, definitely check it out. I just knocked my water bottle over on my keyboard, and thank God the cap was on. So there we go. We're going to get out of here. I want to thank you all for being part of the family here and continuing to watch the show. It's been my pleasure to bring you the podcast today. I'll be back with you Thursday for another episode. Until then, we'll see you next time. Everyone take care. And if I can do this right today, we'll leave you. Nope, didn't work. All right. So we'll just leave the Geekness Central site up. Everyone take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.